1: And welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joe Lobbock, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father.
2: Hi, Tim. Good to be here with you again.
1: Yep, it's great to have you here. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT. We're in Section 3 of the UCAT, How We Are to Have Life in Christ. And we just got done talking about the Beatitudes and how they help us to live our lives Question 285 of the UCAT asks, what is eternal happiness?
2: Well, most people would equate eternal happiness with being in heaven. And that is definitely what it is. But what does heaven consist of? What is eternal happiness is a complete union with God, totally, completely one with God. We experience that to certain degrees here on earth when things, when we f- feel very close to God, whether we're at mass, at prayer, going about his work in our lives, we can feel very close to God, actually sense and, and know his presence and his love. It doesn't usually last very long. It's just kind of like an, a preview, a little glimpse of it. And, and that's what the mass is. And that's why mass again is so important. Because it opens that window, opens that door to let us look in and see the presence of God and experience the presence of God, especially when we receive our Lord in the Eucharist. Whether we are able to receive that physically or only spiritually. Some people, unfortunately, are in a position where they can't receive the Eucharist. And so they should always make a spiritual communion uniting themselves with God, inviting Jesus into our hearts.
1: I'm reminded of some stories of people who have had near-death experiences where they were technically dead for a period of time. And they got a glimpse of heaven. And they were able to describe how awesome and wonderful it is to have that beatific vision of God and to experience being in the presence of Almighty God. And they try to describe it with words, and a, and each one is, is different how they describe it, but it, it helps us to better understand just how powerful and all-loving and all-merciful God is. Right.
2: And those those experiences are, are through all the study, have a, a great sense of validity and, and, and sense of being true. Uh, but I would clarify in my own understanding of it, it is, it's is—it's not necessarily the beatific vision because to behold God totally and completely, I don't think anybody comes back from that. Mm-hmm. We can experience, we can see things that people have seen here on earth, whether it's the angels, Jesus, Mary, the saints, whatever, people have seen that here on earth mm-hmm. and so we experience that we, we can sense that wonderful uh, sanctity, sense of, of, of happiness and most of those people would say, if not all of them, they didn't want to leave they wanted to stay there but it wasn't their time yet so, but it is like you said, it's, it's kind of like that open door and they can see it probably better than they ever have before and it obviously changes people's lives, some for a while, and some for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. But the beatific the vision of God is something. The beatific vision, theologically, is is talking about that total union with God, total complete union. That's heaven, and that's that's we're there. We're there. We're not. We're not leaving that. We're not coming back. We're not coming back.
1: Okay. 286 of the Ucat asks, Father, what is freedom and what is it for?
2: Well, freedom is, is a very important gift that God gave us. God is free. And again, he made us in his image and likeness. So one of the important things that he gave us was a free will, the freedom to do as we choose, and the ability to know how to choose. That's an intellect. So God gives us an intellect and a free will. So that we can use his gifts and also at the same time come to know what is right and what is good because God has chosen to reveal that to us he makes himself known through the scriptures through the church in our own hearts God makes himself known to us our again our sense of longing for peace for love our sense of what is of longing for what is good and right Is God speaking to our hearts? And so we want to choose that. We have to have the freedom to choose it. And if anything is going to be a choice, there has to be two. You can't choose from one thing. You can't say, okay, I got some ice cream here. It's chocolate. What do you want? You know, it doesn't make any sense. But you have to have two things at least. And so ultimately it comes down to choosing good or choosing evil. Choosing God or choosing to turn away from God. So that's the basic choice we all have to make.
1: One of the things I like to share uh, that helps me is asking the right questions. And to me, one of the right questions to ask myself every day throughout the day is, is this pleasing to God? Is what I'm about to think, say, or do, is that going to be pleasing to God? Right. And again, that, to me, by doing that, I have the freedom to do whatever I want which could offend God, but I, I choose to try and please God to the best of my ability. So again, it puts God in his proper perspective. He's the boss, I'm not. He's in charge, I'm not. He's God, I'm not. Right.
2: And it comes down to, again, that it was very popular several years ago. What would Jesus do? There were plaques and bracelets and all kinds of things. And it was a good reminder. It's the same question. What would Jesus do? Is this pleasing to God? Are my words going to help somebody or are they going to hurt somebody? Are my words and my actions going to bring people closer to God or farther away from God? So it it always is that basic choice. Sometimes the problem is we don't think about it too much. We just react. And then afterwards we think about it and we see that, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I made a mistake. And so we have to kind of go back and ask for forgiveness, tell somebody we're sorry, and ultimately
1: God. So what what I'm hearing you say, Father, is there's consequences to the choices we make. Mm -hmm. But I think another distinction we need to make is that freedom isn't just doing whatever it is I want. Right. Uh, Our actions have consequences. Our choices have consequences. And if we, in fact, choose to offend God... There's, there, there's consequences to that. And again, there's responsibility. We just right. can't do what we want. Right. Uh, again, I think it's, it's good to keep in mind what does God want me to do or what, what would be pleasing to God. Right,
2: exactly. And we have all that. There's the Ten Commandments and we just talked about the Beatitudes. That's all God's plan. That's all his way. His word is the word that leads to eternal life. So we make choices all the time, every day of our life. And God wants us to make choices. He wants us to choose him because that's what's best for us and everybody around us. So freedom is not just about I get to have my way as like a spoiled child. It's not about because if we go around doing whatever we want, people are gonna get hurt no matter what. If I get into a car and I'm gonna drive the way I wanna drive, I'm gonna drive as fast as I wanna drive, then other people are going to suffer And probably you are too. So freedom and responsibility go hand in hand. And lots of times people don't like that. They don't want that attached, especially with things that are are very intimate about their relationship with other people or how they go about doing their, their business, how they go about carrying out their jobs. A lot of people want to do what they want to do. And, you know, if nobody finds out, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if getting away with it, how far can I go, not break the law, but still get away with, with what I need to do or I think I need to do?
1: Mm-hmm. 287 of the UCAT asks, but doesn't freedom consist of being able to choose evil as well as good?
2: Right. It does. That's, again, God gives us a choice between good and evil. We choose good or we choose evil. Sometimes we do it without thinking it through. Sometimes we do it because what is evil appears to be good. Basically, philosophically, man always chooses what's good. But what his perception of good sometimes isn't all that it should be. A person who wants to rob a bank thinks that that's good because he needs the money. And that's going to be good for him. He's not thinking about anybody else, though about the people who work there and the people that have their money in the bank. He doesn't care about them. He's only concerned about himself. But his perception is that this is good, and so I'm going to do it because I want to do it. So it's good for me, and that's where it stops. But it's really an evil thing that that they're choosing.
1: I've made the comment that in our day and age right now, more people are staying away from church and because of that they're less likely to be able to discern good from evil And in many cases they think they're choosing good as you mentioned but they're actually choosing evil and not even knowing it in other words their conscience is not able to help them distinguish between good and evil yeah and I think that's where Satan is at the height of his power using all the uh, media the computers the communication that we have today subtly and slowly causing us to have too much gray area where we're not able to discern good from evil.
2: Right. We need to uh, be able to focus on what is good. We, We have a conscience, but the conscience, we have a responsibility to make sure it's formed in the light of God's word, in the light of God's love and mercy and his goodness. That's what conscience, it's knowledge. The word itself comes from the Latin word for knowledge. It's knowing what is good and what is bad, what is good and what is
1: evil. And isn't that the church's responsibility to help teach us Absolutely. right from wrong right. And, and through God's word and through the sacraments, yes, the definitely. grace of God helping us to form our consciences right. so we can make good decisions. But if
2: we don't expose ourselves to that, if we don't listen to it by Like you said, going to Mass, we hear the Word of God. We hear and we remember what Jesus did, how he laid down his life for us. If we don't expose ourselves to that, there is very little good we can really accomplish, truly.
1: Okay. The last question for today, Father 288 asks, is man responsible for everything he does?
2: Well, on the surface, yes, we're responsible for our choices. But some choices are made out of fear. Sometimes they're made out of a a lack of knowledge. Uh, People are coerced into things. And so they're not, of course, as responsible. If someone's holding a gun to your head and telling you to do something, then there's fear involved in that. And we don't, uh, we aren't responsible in the same way. Mm -hmm. Or if you're even for people that talk about soldiers going off to war and they're given a gun or an airplane with bombs on it, and you're ordered to to go and do that, you know, that that comes into play there too because I'm being uh,
1: ordered to do that. Okay. We've been listening to Father Joe Lobbock Father, can we have a blessing?
2: May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and your families forever and ever.
1: Amen. This has been Tim Perry.
0: Faith with Father.